Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Rakuten is proud to present Elizabeth I, the new podcast about Elizabeth Taylor as the original influencer. She was famous for her impeccable style, and Rakuten wants to help you save on the styles you love. Shopping for the perfect holiday party outfit? Rakuten makes it possible with cash back, deals, and coupons. Save money at stores you love. Get started at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N, Rakuten.com. This is the music I've selected for the Christmas play. Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. Don't talk to me about Christmas, will you? All that sticky, phony goodwill. I'd like to get a giant candy cane and beat the wings off a sugar plum fairy. And Sherry. I'm Mrs. Claus. No wonder he only leaves home once a year. And now, broadcasting from our beautifully decorated, toasty, warm Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. And welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show. Six more days until St. Nicholas comes. That's right. And you know, if you don't get something that you like, you might be able to get a different sort of gift beginning January 17th at 10 o'clock in the morning online because Twitter is having a liquidation auction of their headquarters stuff. You could get stuff from Twitter. That they're There's selling. Some good stuff, too. Yeah. The social platform San Francisco headquarters is having a liquidation sale. And here's what's available office chairs, a lot of them, desks, coffee makers, kitchenware. But that's not all. Restaurant grade full sized ovens and even an Electrolux Greens machine 20 gallon vegetable dryer is on the lock. Um, the most interesting items are uh, Kegerator, a Twitter bird statue, and uh, sculptures. Many of the hundreds of items have starting bids as low as $50. And again, the action begins January 17th at 10 o'clock in the morning. Only thing about buying something from Twitter, like say, say you bought the restaurant-grade full-sized oven, you know that the oven's going to have a feature where it talks back to you and says, why'd you buy me? This is just in white. The really hot colors are very bright, like orange and turquoise. That was stupid. Why'd you buy me? Why'd you get the Electrolux Greens Machine 20-gallon vegetable dryer? You know you don't eat vegetables very much. This thing is going to be used maybe twice. That was stupid. I... I look at that kind of thing because my husband's always like, give, give me some Christmas ideas. And the, everybody wants to get me some kind of kitchen gadget. I yeah. love vegetables, but I don't want to dehydrate them and then eat them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. what am I? I would be dehydrating them for no one but me to actually eat them. So at what point, I mean, maybe, you know what? Shut up. Maybe I need to just shut up and start dehydrating it because, you know, maybe if everything hits the fan, I'll be really glad I have some dried asparagus or lettuce or whatever on hand. 
I don't know if you'd be really glad, but you could stay alive. I know that that whole thing of dehydrating. I mean, that is so far and so foreign from me. Do you know how I eat vegetables a lot of time? If if Mary's out with her girlfriends, or if she's got she's got a certain diet that she wants to eat for one reason or another, and it's and it's just me, I will make some spaghetti with clams, and I will pull out a head of broccoli or broccolini, and some blueberries and eat it raw. I just, I just eat it raw. Is it as delicious as it would be covered with hollandaise sauce? No, but it's not as fattening. I just say, I'm going to eat this, this broccoli piece. I'm going to eat about four or five of them because I know it's good for me. And yeah, it's a little dry and all of that, but afterward, I don't have to clean anything up. I put the remaining broccoli back in a bag and eat it for lunch. I am not going to in any way challenge this. Um, life is, I, all I'll say is, because my, you know, this is my husband. Like he just, I don't live to eat. I eat to live. Well, you're on this planet, but a short time. And if you want to stand with the refrigerator door open and just eat cubes of cheese, I guess I can't stop you. But life is so short and hard. Like, wouldn't it be nice to have a delicious meal? And yeah, you got, okay, I, you got to wash a couple dishes afterward. <laughs> I went to a birthday party for a really great guy. He, uh, when I was just starting in radio, I was, I don't know, 22 years old, I guess. And uh, he was the elder statesman at this radio station that I was working at at the time. We've kept up over the years. And he just turned, get this, he just turned 89 years old. And they had a birthday party for him. And he invited me, he invited people from his past. And I said, yes, I, I would love, wow. And he looks fantastic. I mean, um, he could pass for being in his fifties and he's 89 years old. And so I said, I just got to tell you, I haven't seen you in a long time, but I, I saw on Facebook, you were with somebody and you look unbelievable. 89 is just incredible. And, and he wrote back to me and he said, no alcohol no pizza. And I thought about that. And um, if that's the way it's stacked, it's been nice working with you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, how much, so I know it's impossible to know, but just theoretically. How much is jeans? No, no, no. How much time gets shaved off from alcohol and pizza? Because it gets shaved off at the end where I may be wearing a diaper and talking to a plant. So, you know, if a couple of days get shaved off of that for the pizza and alcohol I'm enjoying now, it may not be the worst trade. No, I, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, there is the other side of it. There are people, and you, we know them, who, you know, were done literally in their 30s because of uh, lifestyle. But you're right. I mean, it's not like, you know, you're throwing down a quart of brown liquor every day, right? It's it's just pizza. Yeah, it's just, you're and not alcohol. eating it every day, right? Yeah, you it's don't just, eat it every day. I'm not Jesus. drinking right now. I mean, yeah. come on. Good for you. <laughs> Boy, you, it, is this a New Year's resolution? <laughs> that sounded really braggy. I apologize. Yeah. You know what? To everyone well, so who is drinking right rising. Yeah. Well, for everyone who is drinking right now, I apologize <laughs> if I made you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> Yeah, what a, a you know oh, what? Wet blanket, Sherry. 
I'm going to go get myself a drink right now so you don't have to feel like you're drinking alone. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats, the book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much, much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store, conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com. Hello, I'm specialist Jack Weber with 14 Beco at JMRC. I'd like to wish a happy holidays to my family in Forestville, New York. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. So one day last week, I think it might have been Thursday, our moron of the day was a guy who went to his company Christmas party in Michigan, dressed up as the Grinch. And after overserving himself, he got into it with another coworker that was dressed up as a reindeer. And the Grinch ended up punching the reindeer in the face and getting yeah. arrested. Remember? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. One of our listeners DM'd me. Her name is Holland, which I think is such a beautiful name. Don't, you know, if I, it is. I'm going to go tell Kevin we should have a baby and name her Holland. That should that should make me a widow by the holidays. Okay, Merry Christmas. so she she DM'd me and said, "I love the Grinch who was the moron of the day." Did you see this? I think this guy was the moron of the day a long time ago. Love the show. So I clicked on the link, and back in 2016, um, a guy in Cincinnati broke into a home. And stole everything. He stole the Christmas tree. He stole the presents. He mm. stole decorations, just like the Grinch who goes into the into the home the home of the Who's and mm-hmm. steals everything, including the last can of Who hash. Well, the Grinch in Cincinnati took an apple juice box out, drank half of it, and set it down on the floor and left. Well, the police grabbed DNA off that juice box and they entered it into a DNA database. And guess what happened just a couple of weeks ago? He got arrested. Ding, ding, ding. They got a match. And it took (laughs) them six years to arrest the Cincinnati Grinch who who stole Christmas, but they got him. Six years. Our fine criminals who break in and cook themselves meals and take bubble baths and then nap on the couch... I hope they're listening to this, Bob, because this is how this guy thought he got away with it for six years. He thought he got away with being the Grinch. Do, do you have to? Him. Do you have to have been arrested before so they have your DNA? If, um, if uh, no, they get, not anymore. No, I mean no. The, the Golden State Killer was caught because they did some uh, tracking of DNA of possible matches until they were able to pare it down to him. They paired so it down like, to like a cousin or somebody, and yeah. then he was right. he tipped off, and then, right? Then yeah. took ages and figured out yeah. who it was by that. Mm-hmm. It's called they call it genetic genealogy. So let's say that a family member of the Cincinnati Grinch had done Ancestry or Twenty Three and Me. All of that information gets uploaded. So mm-hmm. they put his DNA into the system six years ago, and for six years it just sat, sat, sat. They just got the hit which means that somebody connected to him somewhere did a 23 or an ancestry cheek swap. Oh, is that how that worked? They yeah. just, they waited until somebody had a reason right. 
to they uh, just get, wait put patiently. their DNA out there. Whoa. And then when, if there's any kind of a genetic match, it, it signals and you get the hit and they were able to go yeah. arrest the guy. Yeah, this is not, folks, you have not been born into an optimal time for crime. This no. is, this is a, t- this is kids. Listen, listen, if some of you were planning on being villains, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. They have the best costumes. They get all the best scenes in the movies, but thanks to forensic science and DNA, you will get caught. So thank you yeah. so much, Holland, for bringing us that great news of the Grinch in Cincinnati getting busted. And Morons in the News is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, hey, hey. Let's go! Harvesting idiots from around the globe. You stupid moron. It's Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. Da, da, da. I don't know if you have ever seen a movie called The Return of the Pink Panther. It stars Peter Sellers as the bumbling uh, Inspector Clouseau. Blake Edwards was the writer-director. And in my opinion, there's no funnier movie. No movie makes me laugh more than The Return of the Pink Panther. And you can see it like on HBO and on Netflix. Every once in a while, it pops up. And there's a scene where Inspector Clouseau is tracking the thief who stole this incredible diamond, the Pink Panther. And he's tracking him to Switzerland. And he goes into the lobby of this beautiful hotel, gorgeous hotel. And a man in a suit comes up and he says, "Uh, excuse me, sir, welcome. May I take your coat? And Clouseau says, very good. And he takes off his coat. The man takes the coat, puts it on, and walks out of the hotel. He literally he said, may I take your coat? He took the and coat did. and walked out of the hotel. And it, and then, you know, obviously Clouseau is left stunned and it's very, very funny. This moron, who's the moron of the day, reminds me of somebody who was doing that. And it comes to us from uh, Hilo, Hawaii. A 22-year-old man is accused of posing as a valet attendant. He stood outside of a uh, Hawaiian hotel in Hilo. He just stood there. I don't know what he was dressed as, but he's right in front of it. A rental car with a couple pulls up and he says, may I take your car? And they hand him the keys. They go into the hotel. He gets into the Chevy and he drives off. He stole the car by just pretending he's a valet. Number one, did he see the return of the Pink Panther? And number two, I wonder how often that happens. His name... I have it right here, is Jason Sabino. That's quite a name. And he has been arrested and charged with the felony of robbing a guy of a Chevrolet Malibu rental car. And that could get him 10 years in prison. It's just ten not worth 10. That, that isn't worth it. Uh, I'm sorry. Malibu is a fine car, but it's, it's not fun worth car. it. fine no. car, yeah. yeah. But yeah. stealing a rented Chevy Malibu and then spending a decade in lockup? I don't think so. I know. I don't think I know. so. Let's go to Western Germany, where police are appealing to the public for help in cracking a very cold case. Um, A farm in the town of Alphen, Germany, was robbed, and the bad guys got away with 60 containers of bull semen. It is unclear whether or not they knew what they were stealing. Mm. My guess is they did. Maybe you could sell that on eBay. Like this is a these are prize bulls, I suppose. You know, I guess. Yes, I, of course. I'm, it's I'm, also. I'm sure that's the case. Um, it's also equally possible that they 
don't know what they were stealing. <laughs> it's a 50 And you know, you know what? You know what? They would become Bob and Sherry all of a sudden. They'd say, what is this? And they'd investigate it, and then they'd find out what it is. And they'd look at each other and they'd say, only you and me would go yeah. into a place to do a big robbery and end up with this. Only you leaving, and me. You're leaving a very important detail out. After we figured out what we'd stolen, we'd find a way to blame Tony. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Tony. He should he should have given us a heads up. We should have known what we were stealing. I know. I know. So <laughs> that's a lot of bull up there in Germany. <laughs> that's it for Morons in the News for today. We have comedian Dave Conan coming up for you. Um, then we're going to talk about the NORAD Santa Tracker because we're just five days away from watching Santa travel through the skies on his trip around the world. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. In the current Oddcast, we talk to Sean Kipe about his true crime podcast, In the Red Clay, and a 50-year-old murder that's been solved. Or has it? The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bob and Sherry, go. Oh, we've had, oh man, eight or ten different requests for this via DM. So, because we do it most most Christmases when we remember. Uh, this is Jeff Foxworthy's 12 Days of Christmas. Woo! Somebody done been to the Walmart. Man, that's just the stuff I got for Christmas. You cleaned up, what'd you get? Five Four big mud tires, three shotgun shells, two hunting dogs, and some parts to a Mustang GT. Evo, you got Jeff Burst 12 days to Christmas. I know that. I got it covered. Look over in the corner. That's yours, Ted? Yeah, 12 pack of Bud, 11 wrestling tickets, 10 of Copenhagen, 9 years probation, 8 table dancers, 7 packs of Red Man, 6 cans of Spam. Tires, three shotgun shells, two hunting dogs, and some parts to a Mustang GT. Man, those ain't normal Christmas presents. No, oh, the redneck gift. Redneck gift? Yeah, you know, like if you buy your wife earrings that double as fishing lures, or if you convert the entire chorus of jingle bells. Perhaps if you think the nutcracker is something you did off of a high dive. Or if you've ever misspelled anything in Christmas lights. Or if you leave cold beer and pickled eggs for Santa Claus. What's wrong with that? I didn't say anything wrong with it. It's hard to beat. Twelve pack of Bud, eleven wrestling tickets, ten of Copenhagen, nine years probation, eight table dancers, seven packs of red men, six cans of bath. Shotgun shells, two hunting dogs, and some parts to a Mustang GT. Well, you know, you can't really consider it a Christmas unless you go down to the penitentiary and visit your mama. You're not listening to me. Get the car key out of your ear. That's where the nine years probation comes in. I'm going to do it for you again. Now listen. Twelve pack of Bud, eleven wrestling tickets, ten of Copenhagen, nine years probation, eight table dancers, seven packs of Redman, six cans of Spam, five final shirts, four big tires, three 
shot themselves two hunting dogs and some bars to a Mustang G. Holidays, like everybody. <laughs> I forgot about that. Thank you to everybody that DM'd us and said, how come you haven't played Jeff Foxworth these Christmas? He's so great. There yeah. it is. We'll post that up on the Bob and Cherry Facebook. I want to remind you that the Bob and Cherry store is open for your last minute holiday shopping. Discounts, the more you spend, the bigger your discount gets. we got the Book of Bob. We have our brand new adult coloring book. It's called It's Always Something, the coloring book for exhausted adults. It's going to be very good for your mental health to sit in color. And you don't even have to stay in the lines. Coming up, comedian Dave Koenig. It's Bob and Shay. From sleep training to sex tips, if you have questions, I have answers. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Kim, your confidant and host of the Parentologist podcast. Each week on the show, we dig into relevant topics related to everything parenting, marriage, current events, and mental health. You'll feel like you're in the room and part of the conversation. So please join me and get your weekly dose of expert-level advice and resources from me and my guests in a relatable, easy-to-digest way. Listen to the Parentologist podcast now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children. It's the Bob and Sherry Store Sizzling Summer Sidewalk Sale. Everything in stock is on sale, 10% off. 10% off! Including Sherry Lynch's cookbook, Cooking with Cats. And swag you can use, like Bob and Sherry 24-ounce latte mugs, travel mugs, H2Go water bottles, and our very hot line of Mother of All Mothers merch, including tote bags, candles, wear-around tea and sleep shirts. 10% off! It's the Sizzling Summer Sidewalk Sale. Everything is 10% off. Just hit Shop at BobandSherry.com and use the discount code PODCAST at checkout. Hi, um, I'm here at Camp Humphreys, and i like to shout out my hometown, Gainesville, Florida, and all my family, Kiana, my uh, sister, Michaela. I love y'all. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here's comedian Dave Koenig. I was born and raised in New York City, but we moved around a lot when I was a kid. There was a lot of cross-country moving. So I went I went to 17 different schools. Yeah, it's true. 17 different schools. There was one year we moved around so much, I didn't even go to school. It was the fourth grade. So I have certain holes in my education. <laughs> There's things you learn in the fourth grade I just never learned. I got a son in the fourth grade now. He came home the other day, told me they were learning all about Lincoln's assassination. I thought to myself, assassinated. So that's what happened to that guy. (laughs) I got four kids. That's a lot of kids. I know to some of you, four kids is considered a good start. you don't really need that many children. It's ostentatious. The only time any 
anyone's ever seen a family in New York City with four kids is maybe once a year when they show on TV the sound of music. <laughs> you got four kids in New York, they're expected to be wearing lederhosen and singing Edelweiss. <laughs> here's, here's the problem with having that many kids. You're outnumbered. <laughs> and sooner or later, they figure it out. <laughs> one time I went up to one of my kids and I said, I said, get in there and clean up your room. You know what he says? He says, there's four of us, there's two of you. Why don't you get in there and clean up my room? As long as we're talking, let's talk about my allowance, shall we? That's a nice Ford minivan you and mommy are driving. Be a shame if something were to happen to it, you know what I'm saying? And they don't know, the kids, they don't know the choices they have, the technology, they're always hocking me for stuff. Dad, you gotta give me an iPad, iPod, poke in the eye. They want all the eye stuff. <laughs> you know what I tell them? I said, we didn't have iPads when I was a kid. You know what we played with when I was a kid? A slinky. Circular metal wire. We played with coil. It was half a step up from playing with industrial waste. <laughs> You play with it one day, it would get all bent and tangled. The rest of your childhood, you played with bent, tangled metal coil. That was it. I was lucky to have to. I remember the hawk in my dad. Dad, you gotta give me a slinky. All the other kids got slinkies. Gotta have a slinky. You know what my father told me? He said, we didn't have slinkies when I was a kid. <laughs> so you know what we played with when I was a kid? A box of dirt. That's what he played with. A box of dirt. I was lucky to have it to my father, your grandfather. You know what he played with? Just dirt, no box. It was the family dirt. They smuggled it in from the old country. And he was lucky. His father, my grandfather, your great-grandfather, you know what he played with? Nothing. They couldn't even afford dirt. They were dirt poor. And you know what they're doing on the iPads? It's just another way to watch TV. That's all it is. They're walking around. They got Netflix. They got Hulu. They got Amazon. They got 5,011 channels. You know what I tell my kids? I said, we didn't have all these channels when I was a kid. You know how many channels we had when I was a kid? We had two. We had NBC and ABC. We were so poor, we couldn't even afford CBS. <laughs> and I was lucky to have it too. You know what my father watched when he was a kid? A box of dirt. <laughs> we sat and looked at a box of dirt for three hours, then we went to bed. <laughs> and kids don't read, my kids don't read books. They don't have to. They want to find something out, bing, Google. Wikipedia. When I was a kid, you wanted to learn something. You had to read it in books. We had books. It's lucky to have them, too. You know what my father had when he was a kid? No, he had books, too, but he kept them in a box of dirt. We don't know why. He had dirty books. We don't know. I didn't ask questions. I so identified with him 17 schools. I so identified with him. I knew you would. I like his delivery. He's like a real old-fashioned kind of comic. He is. You know? Yeah, yeah, he's great. Take my wife, please. Dave Koenig. We'll post that set up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats. The book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much, much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store. Conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com.
Hi, my name is Senior Airman Laksamana. I'm currently deployed in Niger, Africa. I would like to wish the Kurt family in Gulf Breeze, Florida, a happy holiday. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. I hope you were with us a few minutes ago. Sherry found a set by Dave Koenig, who is a very funny comedian. I was unfamiliar with him. And during the uh, during the stand-up, he said something. He said an expression that I've only heard one other person say, and I identified with it so much. Let's play that one segment. I asked Max to pull it up again. Here, I, I was born and raised in New York City, but we moved around a lot when I was a kid. There was a lot of cross-country moving. So I went, I went to 17 different schools. Yeah, it's true. 17 different schools. There was one year we moved around so much, I didn't even go to school. It was the fourth grade. So I have certain holes in my education. <laughs> There's things you learn in the fourth grade I just never learned. I got a son in the fourth grade now. He came home the other day, told me they were learning all about Lincoln's assassination. I thought to myself, assassinated. So that's what happened to that guy. <laughs> so I, I totally, totally um, identify with the phrase, I had holes in my education. I have had holes in my education because of our moving. You know, I was in like three middle schools in a year and a half, and they all had different curriculums. And so I'd show up and I was nervous because people are staring at me. I'm, I'm a new kid. And then I'd leave and go to another one. And then I'd leave and go to another one. And then all of a sudden you're in high school and the whole concept of what a gerund is or uh, really understanding algebra for me was kind of gone. Holes in my education. And I'm reading David Sedaris's one of his books, and um, I, I think it's something about owls. What, what's the title? Um, uh, Diabetes and Owls, something like that. And it's very, very funny. And he says right in the book that there were, quote, holes in my education. When I read that, I went, this is a brilliant guy who, do, who lectures around the world, is a best-selling author, and he is coming out and admitting that. The guy kind of freed me in a way to say, you know, you, you get some stuff and you miss others. And sometimes you go back and you'll figure it out. In my case, with the algebra, not so much. But um, it's okay, you know, to be imperfect. You can still have a great career here, there, or wherever. And those two guys obviously do, especially Sedaris. And I thought maybe Sedaris was the only guy that had that concept, but evidently the, not. The great thing about like having a giant hole in your in your education is you usually don't know about it until you absolutely have to. Right? You don't you don't know that you don't know how to do math with square roots until it shows up on a test somewhere. It's blissful ignorance. Yeah, but I mean, I think you sometimes, to a certain degree, know that, well, this was expected to be embraced and learned during this period of your education, and you missed it. We, You know, when you change school, it's not just changing schools, it's when you change school districts and school systems. Yeah. That's when you, that's when you could really get in trouble, because... And I did that as a kid. Like I didn't have as many moves as you, but when we did move, it would be to dramatically different school systems where mm -hmm. they were on a completely different curriculum. And you didn't mm -hmm. just miss like one historical event or one piece of math. You might miss an entire year's worth of mm -hmm. material. 
that yeah, wasn't yeah. taught. And then, and then it shows up because everything builds on everything else. That's what I tried to tell my kids when they were in, when they were in like elementary school, the stuff you learn in first grade will show up again over and over and over again, just in different ways. And when you're missing that core piece of it and it show it keeps showing up, it's a mystery every single time. That's yeah, how, that's how math was for me. Get yeah, out of here. It, it, it's, what are those little symbols? Wow. Who knew? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, I can remember also uh, getting on a school bus uh, the first day or the first week or even the first month and sitting all alone and everybody knew everybody else. And one of the moves was in the middle of the winter and you, I got on the school bus and everybody is staring at me. And so I go to the back of the bus and for some reason I remember how cold the plastic seat was on the bus because those buses I don't know if they're heated in upstate New York, but I got to tell you, in Connecticut, they were not heated. They weren't heated in Wyoming, so I don't know about upstate right. New York. Right. And I, ju- I just remember that and the uh, radio station that the bus driver was playing. And it was like some music from my parents' era. And, and the combination of listening to Al Martino and a cold seat and no one talking to me was just miserable. Oh. Because of the radical moves we made, my accent was always funny. And so a great icebreaker when you're in third and fourth grade is to be on the bus, new girl, new girl, say, and then they would spell a word just to hear the the funny accent. And I had this coming and going on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Coming and going. But you would think it would be like being bullied. It's actually like a perfect icebreaker because you're not being bullied or ignored. And they're not making fun of you, really. They're just fascinated. So, yeah, you know, that ended I, up being a good way to meet Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. And I know you are, as a matter of fact, because Allie got an internship in Los Angeles one summer. And she said that at, during uh, lunch breaks, they would call her over to say something and sound like, like a Southerner. Yeah. And everybody just loved it. And Allie did not have a really strong accent, but, you know, they they wanted to hear it. They were hearing some some sort of twang. I get, new girl, say W-A-T-E-R. And I would say water. And they'd say water. And then everyone would laugh. Yes. (laughs) I still get that with water. I still get that. (laughs) It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, my name is uh, ABHAM Joshua Valente. I'm from KL Big Island, Hawaii. And I want to wish everybody a happy New Year's and a safe holiday. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. We just love it when we get emails from our listeners. We we even get letters from our listeners. I, I, I've noticed that when we get letters from our listeners, very seldom is money included in the envelopes. But nonetheless, we do love getting them. And Max has a great email from where? This is from Kristen in Rome, Georgia. She says, uh-huh. good morning, Bob and Sherry. My dad died in April, and your show has brought oh. laughter in a difficult time for me. Thank you very much, and I love the oddcasts. Isn't that sweet? I'm so sorry. We're all so sorry for your loss, but what a sweet thing to do to take a moment out and thank us for that. That is that is great. Thank you for listening. What an honor. Well, Uh well, um, this is an exciting moment, actually, because um, this morning I got the winner for our veterans trip to Amelia Island, Florida. Family of four flying to Amelia Island, staying at the residence Marriott going on a deep sea charter 
had a picnic, golfing, rental car. And we asked our listeners to nominate their favorite veteran who really needed this getaway. And we had so many entries. Thank you. I mean, that just goes to show how many people in our in our little world out there are serving and have served. And so uh, Bob and I are never allowed to pick the winners for contests because we would cheat. So a committee outside of us looked at every entry and this is our winner. So here we go. Our winner is Chad Donnelly in Lodi, California, who served in the United States Army um, 2001 to 2012 as an Army chaplain. Here's what it says. Chad was a chaplain for six battalions of soldiers. That's roughly 600 soldiers. I never really understood the importance of his job until one afternoon we were eating together on base and we were approached by a soldier. Our family, Chad and I, and our two children had just sat down to eat. Surprisingly, the soldier wanted to speak to me. With tears in his eyes, he proceeded to give me some of his story and then he cut it short. He wanted me to know that my husband had saved his life. He'd made some pretty big mistakes and one night he decided to take his own life. Thankfully, it was unsuccessful. The first person to show up at the hospital was Chad. After many months of support, he found a new value in himself. And it was at that moment that I understood all the late night, early morning calls on the 24-hour phone made sense. The moments where he was pulled from the dinner table or trips on retreats with his soldiers that left us at home waiting for him were worth it. Marriages that he intervened in that continued to prosper and families that built better relationships by learning to communicate were his badges. They aren't hanging on the outside of his uniform, but they should be. I learned that even through, his, even though his job didn't involve major combat and action, the behind-the-scenes support gave our soldiers an ear and a voice. Chad spent many hours talking to commands and speaking on behalf of our soldiers. If one of the battalions was in the field, Chad was there too. He went to the Has Chamber. I'm not sure what that is. Not just once, but six times. He went with each six battalions. If they had to drill and drill and be away from home, he was too. He called it Muddy Boots Ministry. During one training with a battalion, he fell from a platform, which resulted in breaking the lower discs in his back. In 2012, he was honorably discharged and ended his active duty career. Currently, he's the chaplain for our local American Legion, where he officiates funerals, leads prayers, counsels, and speaks at events. He's also a hunting fishing guide for the California Waterfowl Association. And he guides veterans on hunting and fishing trips to help combat PTSD. He's a member and active supporter for Wounded Warriors, as well as a guide for events. Not only is he a veteran, he's an advocate for veterans and supporting those who have served. And even closer to home, he's a huge supporter of our two children, Gabriel, who's actively serving in the U.S. Navy, and our daughter serving in the U.S. Army. There are so many men and women that deserve to be recognized because all of them did the same thing. They swore to protect our country even to the point of death. I'm truly grateful for all of our past, present, and future military. And I would love for you to consider Chad for this trip. It's an honor That's to great. share a piece of his story. Wow. You know, I think that is a congratulations, life. Chad. That, you know, yeah. when, when you when you step back and just um, absorb what you just read, that is a man who has conducted a meaningful life all his life. Yup. And you know, you, you, hear, you hear a lot of different stories about military. But this is the first time I think we've ever really heard a chaplain's story like that, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So and he, Chad he wasn't, and he wasn't just hanging back at the base either at the chapel. I mean, he was out there with the men. Oh, yeah, and, and wounded. Yeah. yeah. 
So and and both of their children are serving now Navy and Army. So congratulations, right. Chad Donnelly. Yeah. You and Christine are headed to Amelia Island, Florida. Thank you, <laughs> everyone who entered. Enjoy that trip. Coming up, we're going to be talking about how the speaking of the military, how the military tracks Santa's travels on Christmas Eve. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast called The Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. In the current Oddcast, we talked to Sean Kipe about his true crime podcast, In the Red Clay, and a 50-year-old murder that's been solved. Or has it? The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Ethan Fisher. I'm with the 380 DCPS. Uh, I live in Fowler, Indiana. I just wanted to wish a Merry Festivus to my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, and my grandparents, my whole family. I just want to let you guys know that I love you and I'm thinking of you, and I'll see you again soon. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. We have a special talkback message, Bob, just for you. Yes, for me. Remember the other day when we had that beautiful story about the folks in Orlando who got stranded at the Orlando airport? Yeah, They just wanted to get to Tennessee. You know, they just right. wanted to get to Knoxville in the worst way. And mm-hmm. so one of them, very enterprising man named Carlos, went to the rental car uh, part of the terminal and said, how big is your biggest van? And it turned out to be big enough for like 18 of these people to get in this van together and road trip from Orlando to Knoxville, Tennessee. Yes, and he drove most of the way. Yeah, yeah, it was like a John Hughes movie, right? Nobody Mm -hmm, complained. mm -hmm. There was no drama. Everybody got along. They kept in touch afterward. They're probably going to have reunions. It was like a low Mm -hmm, Christmas mm -hmm. miracle. And you, Bob Lacey, you, Bob Mm -hmm. Lacey, you said, I would do that. Mm -hmm. And one of our listeners says... Mm -hmm. No, you wouldn't. Hit it, Max. Hi, Bob, Sherry, Max, and Doc. This is Thea from Charlotte, and I was listening to the Carlos Gets a Van episode from Monday, and I have to tell you, Bob, liar, liar, tight red pants on fire. There is no way that you would get in that van with all those people. Remember, you hate people. Plus, you like to stop to eat at least every couple hours. No way. Liar, liar, tight red pants on fire. Christmas time, she does that to me. You know, I. Now's where you say, Bob, I like to think I'm the kind of man that would get in Carlos' van and go to Knoxville. Well, um, I do. I, I would like to think <laughs> that, that I would, I would get in the van and and just be quiet with seventeen other people. From Orlando to to Knoxville. Knoxville. It's pretty tight. The flu is back again. Yeah, you're going to want to go through the Mickey D's drive-thru. Well, you got to You're going to get ticked. You're going to get ticked when they have to make so many bathroom stops. How about this? And you're not going to like the music. And you're sure not going to like the sing-along where everybody's doing, like, jingle bells. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a sing-along. I, I get to ride shotgun because there's a window. So that's, uh, that'd be 10 with hours. The fresh, with the fresh air. 
10 hours in the van going from Orlando to Knoxville. 10 hours, Bob, to Knoxville. with 17 strangers. I'm just looking at it. You know, there's always Christmas next year. You know? <laughs> Thank you. There, there is. You have to look to the future, yeah. right? But it's yeah. okay that you, you like to think everywhere. that you'd be that guy. It's important to have, like, I like to think I'm going to win the Mega Millions. You got to have hope. You know, you got to have yeah. some something to believe in. I hope these pants don't get any hotter. <laughs> <laughs> That's my hope. Ah, or tighter. <laughs> she said the or tighter. <laughs> Why do people hate my red pants so much? They There are people online who listen to this show that hate, whenever I show up with a pair of red pants in a picture, they hate my red pants more than they do inflation. I swear to God. You know what? What is um, that? You serve such an important purpose, and sometimes that purpose is to give people an outlet, and that is not nothing. Okay, your life is not without meaning here. Sometimes people need a safe outlet to vent, you know, their feelings about things. And you know your what pants are a safe times? outlet. You know what that's called in olden times? What is that called in olden times? The town fool. It's a job, mister. Come on. At least yeah, you know, play a part. If my father were around and he heard that, he, he, would, you, he would hear you say, it's a job. And he would say to me, don't screw it up. Don't lose it. Because they don't come along easily I, I for you. I think there's a uniform involved with it, too. Yeah, and a sassy yeah. hat. You know how you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. little yeah. bells on your toes, yeah. Yeah. That could be worse. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's Bob and Sherry. Could it be a truly American art form is taking the world by storm? Ranking in the top 100 in many countries around the world each week, Restless Shores is a very popular with our overseas neighbors, even in many countries where English is not the native language. From Azerbaijan to Andorra, from Yemen to Yonkers, New York, and all points in between, Restless Shores international fans are the wind beneath this American podcast swings. For more, check out restless-shores.com and find Restless Shores wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Sherry here. Just saying a giant thank you to everyone who reaches out and contacts the show. We try to read every email, every DM, every text. We do miss some. um, And I apologize for that. If you would like to be on the show or if something really wild has happened in your life and you'd like to be on the podcast, you can reach us at hello at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I. Hello at BobandSherry.com. That's usually the most direct way, but however you reach out, thank you and thank you for listening. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hi, Bob and Sherry. You may not know that we have an app, although I feel like we constantly scream it at you all the time. If you go to Google Play or the Apple App Store, the Bob and Sherry app is absolutely free, and it does all sorts of cool stuff. You can listen to our podcast and our podcast that way. You can talk back to the show. You can text to win all sorts of neat stuff. It's just a cool thing, and it's absolutely free. It's the Bob and Sherry app in the App Store and free on Google Play. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It is time now for the People's Movie Critic. I'm assuming that the majority of people have Netflix, okay? Except, of course, our Amish listeners, Caleb and Elvesta, who can't because they don't have electricity. <laughs> they spend all their time baking shoe fly pie and playing tiddlywinks or whatever. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> 
You know, you got to understand, if you're easily offended, this movie is not for you. Lars's terrible accent, though, you ask about that, it seems to come and go. And I'm not sure if that's on purpose because that would be funny or if he's just lazy and he wanted to get this thing over with. I know for a fact I did. I wanted to get this over with. You're going to love this. Let me, let me ask you, though, is 11 minutes and 40 seconds worth of a fight scene a little tiring? Not if you ain't the ones fighting. <laughs> I think that's a fair point. <laughs> Listen for his reviews every Friday and get all his reviews at BobandJerry.com. Greetings from Camp Arif, John Kuwait. This is Chaplain Brett Anderson. I want to say a special happy holidays to all of my friends and family back home. Look forward to being with you soon. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. Well, Merry Christmas to everybody from the Bob and Sherry Show. Got the old jingle stick going right now. And in just a minute, we're going to hear from one of our listeners who uh, you can get us very easily. And she decided to join us uh, by going and getting the Bob and Sherry app. Wherever you get your apps, go ahead and get that. There's a little microphone there. Hit the microphone and you can leave us a message. That's coming up. You can also just go old school, 844-52-SHERRY. Before we hear from one of our listeners... I just saw the most unique Christmas tree, and it is perfect for our social media manager, Heather. If you've ever seen us on uh, our Thursday night happy hours, Heather's on with us. She runs the thing, and she's also on camera with us. And Heather, uh, she changes the color of her hair all the time. It could be pink one month. It could be blue. Uh, It's frequently the color that I'm going to talk about right now, and that is purple. I am looking at a picture of the most magnificent Christmas tree. I think this person is probably from Minneapolis. And the tree is all decorated in nothing but white lights, except on the side, there is a blanket on either side, the left and the right. There's a blanket of purple lights, like a cape. And on the top where the angel would be, is a cutout color picture of Prince. So it looks like <laughs> Prince Prince is the angel of the tree. And this person put like uh, little white lights on Prince's head like I it's a it. halo. And he's staring right at you from the top of the tree. And he's got his purple cape. Could you not see that in Heather's apartment? Or Heather's house, rather. I think it's perfect for her. I'm going to send her this picture. It's absolutely love perfect it. for him. All right. We have uh, we have one of our uh, listeners, who, and I believe that uh, our listener is referring to, Mary got me this small uh, flat stove that you use outside. It's like a cooking stove that you would see a small version in a Japanese restaurant. It's just flat. It's powered by a little propane uh, cylinder. And I think that's what she's talking about. I was talking about cooking with it. Here we go. So I was just listening to the episode where they were talking about the flat grill. And I used to work at a Japanese restaurant as a waitress. And a couple things I learned was as they sat people at the table, they went ahead and cut the grill on like a medium heat so it would heat up the whole grill. And then they cut it down when the chef comes out to cook. So you can also, you know, put things on the corners of the grill to stay warm. And they do use butter. I don't know what kind of oil they used. But one thing they would do um, at the end of cooking your shrimp is squirt it with a little bit of lemon extract. And then you set that on fire. And that's what creates that flame. And it also gives like a really nice lemon flavor and juice 
to your shrimp. The other thing I learned is cook your rice inside and then put it in the freezer for about 15 to 20 minutes. And then when you put it on the grill, that keeps it from getting mushy when you fry your rice. And then they just throw in some a bag of frozen vegetables, which is like the peas and the carrots. And, yes, they do use butter. So I hope that helps Bob out. Good luck with your grill. Keep us posted. Thank you. Um, that's great. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try. I love the – I might be able to get a flame going, you know, with the uh, with the lemon. Throw a little fire on the thing. That would be exciting. And I didn't know that thing about the rice. That's great. So you just cook up some rice. You get the Uncle Ben's, and then you put it in the refrigerator for a while, and then you throw it on the grill. That's pretty cool. Look at you. It's easy. Yeah, like, your life is changing. I'm watching your life change right in front of me. And you're going <laughs> to yeah. be out in the backyard, you That's know, right. like doing your Benny Hanna thing. I'm so excited yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. It's your new table That's... that you finished yourself using That's right. Minwax or whatever it is you use. Look at you. That's what I used. Yeah. I Who wouldn't say I finished man? the table. I just, I just, I painted it. Any idiot does it could look? Do does that. it look better? Does it look? It good? looks fantastic. All it right. looks fan. It took like four days to cure, uh, which to I get, was worried about. We need to get Bob one of those tall hats. You can flip a shrimp into your own hat. The kids love that oh, when you take them to the Japanese I'm so doing that. And don't you know, forget to make a little volcano out of an yeah. onion. Where you slice the onion and then you stack it up. Then you pour some alcohol in and set it on fire. And set it on fire. And the kids go, ooh, yeah. I know, I know. You know, if you had enough coins to take your kids to one of those Benihana places, and, you know, there's a million different Japanese restaurants, wasn't that one of the most exciting things in their lives? And if you got one of those Japanese cooks who was really friendly, Allie used to flirt with them all the time. She'd be like three, four years old. And he would spot her, and she would be the first one that gets the flying shrimp on, onto her plate. She was done for the night. That was her best friend at that point. That was her absolute best friend. So I am, with my little kids, I am going to learn how to do that. I think you should. I love it. Yeah, I yeah. love it. And straight ahead, speaking of kids, we are counting down the days till Christmas Eve when we can watch Santa on yeah. the NORAD Tracker. Watch Santa traveling around the world. How'd that even get started? What's that all about next? It's Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. In the current Oddcast, we talked to Sean Kipe about his true crime podcast, In the Red Clay, and a 50-year-old murder that's been solved. Or has it? The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, Bob and Sherry.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Colonel Marty Walkameth, and this is my command, Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major Leon Black. We're the command team from Area Support Group Kuwait um, here in the Middle East. And we just want to say happy holidays to everybody back home. On a personal note, we want to say thank you so much for your care, your compassion, for our deployed service members that are downrange, and from all of our coalition members. You helped to build resiliency uh, of our service members through this holiday season, and thank you. And again, to all our friends and family back home, have a safe and happy holiday. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. Well, Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, I have been in the uh, Christmas spirit pretty good up until yesterday afternoon. 
and God punished me. God punished me yesterday. God, God punished you for being in a good mood? No, no, not for that. God for, punished uh, you for being ready for the holidays? No, no, not for that. God punished me for the sin of, I guess, neediness. I think, yeah. Is that a sin, neediness? I don't think neediness is an actual sin. Like pride, like hubris, pride, that goeth before a fall. Maybe, maybe pride. Neediness is part goeth of it. before a breakup, but it's not usually before it's, a fall. It's a combination. My sin was a combination of pride and neediness. So this is what happened. Um, the cat has been struggling, and we have to get the cat um, uh, Kiki some some medicine, and uh, ran out. And so this is like at you know four thirty in the afternoon, quarter of five in the afternoon. And Mary said, "There's there's no more of the cat medicine, and uh, it's at the vets. It, it's there. The vet is about twenty five or thirty minutes away." And I said, "Well, I'll go get it." She said, "Well, you don't have to." I said, "No, you know, I, I don't want that cat." suffering in any way, shape, or form. I can't stand the idea of it. So I get in the car and I drive over to the vets and I wait in line. There's like 10 people there and I'm being very patient. And there's a big German shepherd who came over to see me and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I get the cat medicine. It's $55. And so I give them a card and they give me a receipt and it's a big receipt. It's like a page. And I went, yeah, I got the receipt here and the medicine. So I drove home. And I put the medicine on the kitchen counter and I just left the receipt there. And I'm just going to be honest, you know, I mean, she pays for things for me and I pay for things for her. We don't really keep track, but I just thought, you know, just kind of put it down there. So you can see I spent the $55. Oh, it's not cat. the sin of neediness or of pride. It's the sin of scorekeeping. Yes, it is. Go on. <laughs> that is a, that is a sin. Uh, that is an actual sin. Um, you are the most. How you're not a major league umpire? I don't know. I have never known a man so fixated on keeping score. You just wanted her to see how much you paid, in addition to your time and patience. How much you paid for Kiki's medicine? So, so that anyway. you would get credit, and she would say thank you and be grateful to you and make a big fuss. Yes. Okay. Are you are you happy now? It. Yes. I knew it. <laughs> so I put it there, you know, and um, about an hour and a half later, I went to uh, make a phone call to a friend of mine, and I couldn't find my phone. And so I'm, you know, looking in the usual places, a drawer by the side of the bed where I charge it. In the uh, room where we watch TV, the living room where we watch TV, I'm pulling up. After a while, I've gone through the couch, the same couch, eight times. Have you ever done that when, you, when you've lost something? Yep. But you, you keep going, and I am becoming – it's now 7 o'clock. I'm becoming frantic because I need that phone. I use it for – so like all of us, I use it as an alarm clock. I want to call my friend. It's the holidays. I'm going to be traveling. I need it. And I have been through that house with a fine tooth comb. I've been through every room. I've been on my hands and knees and I'm getting mad and I'm starting to say bad words. And the dog is leaving the room where I am because the dog just can't take being around me. And Mary says, well, use my phone. And I said, no, I turned the ringer off because you don't want the ringer on. I forgot to turn it back on because it might wake you up in the middle of the night. So I turned it off and then I pulled back. Don't blame her. Don't blame her. Don't blame her. And I'm, I'm going on and on. And I'm going, this is, I'm going to have to buy a new one. That's nice. 
$1,200 this time of the year. Do you think that stuff, did you save it on the cloud? I, I think it automatically saves. Well, let's just take a look. And she goes, no, you didn't save it. You didn't save it. And let me see if I could ring it. There's no, I said, there's no ring. There's no ring. It's now eight o'clock and I'm going, you were supposed to be working on the show on some special things for tomorrow. And you're walking around here. Now I'm out in the garage. And then she says, check the car, check the car. I'm in the car. By the way, the car is near the road. I'm out there. It's pitch dark. And there's a guy walking his dog in the pitch dark who I didn't see, who freaked me out. I freaked him out. Now I'm really upset. And I'm going, this, I come, I come back in. This is just awful. Why does this, I don't need this right now. I don't need this right now. And she's going, give me your iPad. Maybe you, and she starts playing with the iPad and she finds, find your phone on the iPad. And she's going in deep and she doesn't have an iPad. She uses a Mac, but she's still figuring her way. She said, I don't think I can ring it on this. I don't think I can ring it. And she's at the kitchen counter doing this on the bar stool. And she's going, wait a minute, let's see what this is. And she hits it. And all of a sudden, I I hear a different type of ring. It's a yeah, different it's, ring, but it's a ring. Play a sound. Yeah, it's play the play find sound. phone sound. Yeah. And I hear it. And it's eight feet away from me underneath the cat's bill. Ooh. You know, sometimes karma, she's a slow boat. And sometimes karma, she's a rocket ship. Hmm. She said nothing. And what did we learn? Did we learn anything? Make sure you put up the volume all the time. Okay, that's not nothing. That's this shit come away totally empty-handed. That's right, kids. The lesson here is keep the volume on your phone ringer turned up. You that better. is what you want to. That is what you, you want to take away here. Are you not going to tell us what the medicine cost? Please don't leave us all hanging. Fifth, I did fifty-five dollars. All of this for fifty-five dollars. She said no. As March just as March away. said at the end of Fargo, all this for just a little bit of money. Don't you no. know there's more important? All right, than that's enough. You dog piling. You know Do you have to dog pile on me? Okay. It's in my job description. Yeah, I do. Oh, really? (laughs) It's Bob and Sherry. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I don't believe this. I cannot believe this. We're just a few days away from Christmas Eve when kids and parents all around the world, not just here in the U.S., but all around the world, will pull up the NORAD Santa Tracker online. Millions of kids to watch where Santa is, you know, where is his sleigh, where is he's headed. It's it's one of the coolest little things. My kids loved it. Oh, my God. It was so exciting on Christmas Eve when we would pull up the NORAD tracker and watch Santa make his journey around the world to deliver toys to all the good boys and girls. And there are a lot of urban legends around um, how that was created, how the NORAD thing was created. The one that everybody thinks is true is where um, on Christmas Eve in 1955, the commander of the Continental Air Defense Command Center picked up a call on the red phone, fully expecting very bad news from Washington. And it was a little girl who wanted to know 
are you Santa? And how do how does Santa get to all the kids' houses in one night? Uh. And there was a big story about how, you know, there was a misprint in a newspaper and that's how the red phone number got leaked and blah, blah, blah. That's kind of true, but it's not the whole story. Um, the whole story does involve 1955 and the head of the Continental Air Command who answered a phone. And this is an Air Force base in Colorado, by the way, but it wasn't the red phone. And it was a little girl calling to ask if Commander Shoup was Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. So he responded to her, there may be a guy named Santa Claus at the North Pole, but he's not the one I'm worrying about coming from that direction. But a few weeks later, when he was telling people about this phone call, Shoup got an idea. So he sent out a press release saying that um, Continental uh, Air Command was tracking Santa Claus and the press loved it. So the following year, Shoup did it again. And by the time the Cold War ended, they transformed CONAD into NORAD, the North American Aerospace Defense Command. Mm -hmm. And the tradition continued for another year and another year. And before you knew it, people just expected it. So now, these days on Christmas Eve, you can log into the NORAD tracker online. You'll see a map of the whole wide world with little dots little tiny gift boxes that show the locations Santa's already visited. There's a little camera icon kids can click on, and you can see Santa soaring around famous landmarks like the Eiffel Tower and the oh, Statue that's of cool. Liberty. So they learn um, they learn about uh, a little bit about geography, too, along yep. the way. And they nice. watch Santa coming, and it all started, it all started with a little girl dialing a wrong number and Colonel Harry Shoup playing along and sending out a press release. And if it wasn't for that happening in 1955, we wouldn't have the NORAD Santa Tracker today. Isn't that Isn't great? That That's neat? fantastic. Yeah. That's sweet. What a sweet little story. All right, straight ahead. I have something for you right now. A very, very, uh, one of the most beloved musicians of all time and one of the greatest rock composers of all time. Something that was very personal to him and his wife was purchased by a fan and the fan is loaning it to the British uh, Liverpool Museum, this this Liverpool Museum. And people are going to be able to come and actually see this very personal item. I will tell you what it is and the songs that go along with it, and it's straight ahead with Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry ask, do you know a crazy cat person? Are you crazy? We are not crazy. Are you a crazy cat person? Well. Time to out yourself and proclaim to the world your love of your kitty best friend. Well. It's the My Life is All About My Cat line in the Bob and Sherry store with t-shirts available in an assortment of colors with the perfect style for you. Unisex, women's, and even tank tops in sizes small to 3X. Or you can have tea or coffee with your kitty pal with ceramic mugs that also say my life is all about my cat. And of course, Sherry's award-winning cooking with cats is chock full of great recipes and fun photos of felines frolicking in the kitchen. With shirts, drinkware, and a cookbook, the Bob and Sherry store has your crazy cat person covered this holiday season, even if it's you. Yeah, they're crazy, but they're a lot of fun. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. My name is Sergeant Shaquana Smith. I'm from the 36 Master Stand Brigade. I just want to give my family a shout out from Queens, New York. I love you and happy holidays. Be home soon. 
Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. It's really amazing what people will pay for an item from uh, celebrities, especially a celebrity that's an icon. Like once in a while you hear a dress that was owned by Marilyn Monroe, you know, goes for $110,000 or something from Elton John, like one of his pianos when he was a kid is $50,000 or whatever it is. Um, Evidently, a guy in 1989 bought John Lennon's toilet. He paid $1,000 for it at an auction, and it's been sitting around his house, he said, for a long time. This this is a toilet from the house that Lennon uh, lived in in uh, Tittenhurst Park with Yoko Ono. It's, it's the same house he wrote Imagine in, so it was part of uh, a very important period in John's life. And for some reason, the toilet went on the market, and this guy paid a thousand pounds, which is about a thousand dollars today, way back in the 1980s. So I guess it would be worth a whole lot more. Anyway, there's a place called the Liverpool Beatles Museum. I visited that once; it's very cool. And the uh, head of it, Mr. Best, said the gentleman contacted us and told us that it was just sitting around his house gathering dust, and asked, "Would we like to put it on display?" in his museum. And we thought, well, it's a bit quirky. It's not what we normally display, but who's to say what you should and shouldn't display. So we'll give it a go. So they are at the Beatles Museum showing now John's uh, toilet from the Imagine years. They've also put together uh, an album. Would you like to hear some of the songs that uh, when you go into the room where John's toilet is, what you hear? Sure. The album's called Sergeant Poopers. And it has no. (laughs) Here are some of the songs. Here comes the bum uh, is one of them. Spray Jude. Please no. Just please no. I can't believe you're doing that. Seriously. Seriously. Paperback wiper. Absolutely speechless. <laughs> should I ju- should I just stop? Should I should I just stop? No, but uh, you know what? If I did this, I would be. This is disgusting. People don't want to hear this while they eat breakfast. What has gotten into you that you're I, doing? This? I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't know. It could be it's this, this time of the year. I'm just silly. From P to Pooh is is one of them. Love me, Lou, L O O. Help! I need some rolls. Oh, my God. And finally, All My Laving. Uh, those, are the, uh, those are the songs at the Beatles Museum. If I'm, I mean, <laughs> John Lennon's toilet. like I know. I mean, I know I there's a guy that has a pair of Elvis's tidy whities in a shadow box somewhere. In he his does. Man cave. I know that exists. That's real. But wow. Yeah. Is I, don't get really it. How- I don't get it either. Yeah. But I mean, it's okay. So it's not enough that you have John Lennon's toilet, but you've made this out of it. This great songwriter that was assassinated. This is the like. Well, somebody did. I mean, the museum didn't do that. I mean, somebody I, I just found online did that with the article. But um, I, I am surprised that somebody would pay. I mean, back in 1980 something, what was it? 1989. A thousand dollars was, you know, it's a lot of money now. But that was probably like three or four thousand dollars, and and the he, the, guy, the guy takes it home. And I know Lennon is one of the greatest composers of all time, but it's just sitting around his house. 
and he's he's out he's out that I just don't get that sort of thing. No matter how as, how much you like as, the guy, as much of a super fan as you are of like James Brown or the Stones or who's another one, Little Richard. Like if someone came John to you and Fogarty. said, "Bob, I have John Fogerty's toilet, and it can be yours for eleven hundred dollars." Um, no, I wouldn't. As much as I love Fogarty, I, you know, the old proud Mary over. The- Over there in the corner of the room. I mean, I don't think so. Because, I mean, even if you do it as a joke, right? You have it in your uh, your man cave or you have it in your rec room or whatever. And somebody says, why is that over there? That's John That's John Fogarty's toilet. And it's, it's kind of an insult to Fogarty, you know? Like, I think this is kind of an insult in a way to John. It's a bit, you know, prying. But it did come from the house that Imagine was, was uh, composed in. So it does have that. It does. Yeah, it definitely does have that. And if you're a super fan, I mean, you can make it into a planner, right? Or a lamp. You wouldn't have to put it in the bathroom. I guess. I guess. It's at the Liverpool Museum right now. I guarantee you it's not the first display you see coming in. It's Bob and Sherry. Oh, well, this is odd. Decidedly odd. It's the Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called The Oddcast with stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast drops every Monday and Wednesday on the Bob and Sherry website and the free Bob and Sherry app. I listen to you on the way to work and the Oddcast on the way home from work every day. I love it. Aren't you sweet? Thank you. The off-air Bob and Sherry podcast called The Oddcast. Download it now at bobandsherry.com with the free Bob and Sherry app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ways to get in touch with the Bob and Sherry Show. Stick your head out a window and yell, Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry! Get the Bob and Sherry free app for your phone and leave us a talkback message. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Email us through the Bob and Sherry website, bobandsherry.com, or email us hello at bobandsherry.com. Or you can call us at 833-4244-BOB or 844-52-SHERRY. Hello, Bob and Sherry. Leave us a DM on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Or you can just kick it old school and yell out the window. Hey! Bob and Sherry! Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Bert's with us right now. Hi, Bert. Hi, Bob. Hi, Sherry. Hey, Bert. Happy holidays, Bert. Happy holidays to you, too. Thanks. And so far, all these stories have been, well, fairly heartwarming, but all that's about to end. All right, Bert, bring it on. <laughs> okay. What Here's happened? What, what happened? Okay, we had a dog who used to decorate himself every Christmas. How's that? Okay, you know the uh, tinsel or icicles that hang on a tree? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, my dog would go up in the, I guess he thought it was spaghetti or something, mm-hmm. and he'd eat it. Well, as all things do, after a few days, the tinsel would come out, but mm. not completely. Mm. So, you know, oh, the uh, oh. the streamers from a tricycle? Oh, my God. He would hang out of his yeah. butt? Yeah, so he had silver streamers oh out of his butt God. every Christmas. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a sight. <laughs> So, you know, here, here'd be this, this little, it's half chihuahua, half oh, terrier. Oh, goodness. Oh, so it's a little dog yeah. with tinsel it, 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 hanging so it's out more of his butt. Yeah. What yeah. was the dog's name? Uh, Bam Bam. Oh. He had a, he had a, uh, a cutoff tail, so like about the size of your index finger. So his tail, he'd be running on his tail be wagging with these uh, silver streamers coming out of him. You know, after a couple of Schlitz, though. Uh, 
Get Bam Bam over here. Like he's in, Bam Bam. I want to tell you, the rest of you need to cheer up. Look at Bam Bam over here. Bam Bam is in the Holy Spirit. Why can't we all be like Bam Bam? And, and the worst part was it wouldn't come out on its own, so you had to give him a little help. So here would be a family member chasing the dog around the neighborhood trying to grab him by this pencil. That's not a that's not a good job to get. You know what? That's the one that the youngest always gets stuck with. Uh-huh. Go get your brother, Scott. He's got to pull tinsel out of the dog's ass. <laughs> you know, and we, you know, so we, we try to do it carefully. We try to sneak up on him like yeah. he's running up some stairs. He didn't sure. like that? On it. Well, he jumps, I bet, at first when you're pulling oh, it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, you know, every family has these different sort of uh, traditions. And obviously, your family is locked onto a good one. And that was ours. Thanks a lot, Bert. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Luke, welcome to the show. Hey, Luke. Hey, good morning. The stomach flu. Yeah, it was horrible. And my wife, she's such a sweetheart. She makes me feel like a kid at Christmas because she pours all of her time, effort, and energy into making sure our family always has this Christmas extravaganza. Oh, that's wonderful. uh, Right, right before um, Christmas Eve, you know, like the day prior, everyone started kind of feeling it, and we had to cancel everything. We couldn't eat our Christmas dinner. Uh, we couldn't come, you know, most of us couldn't leave the, the bathroom. But it ended up being the perfect Christmas because our family was really needing to heal and needing to just spend some time, just us, and kind of get away from everyone. And that kind of afforded us the opportunity to really just spend time with each other. Um, and, you know, we had, we had uh, Christmas pictures where all of us were just in our, you know our our robes and, and bark bowls, and uh, you know we had we had chicken chicken broth for for <laughs> our Christmas dinner. But it it turned out to be you know one of the best Christmases ever. You know what's interesting about that is we think that Christmas is about more, 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 more. But what it ends up happening is that Christmas is really about less, 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 less. That's you a know? beautiful way to look at it, Sherry. But I don't want to spend the whole Christmas holiday on the John. You know what I mean? This this <laughs> poor was, Luke. It was about more, more, more toilet paper. Yeah, that's exactly right. We had a system. We definitely had a system going. I don't want to know about the system, Luke. <laughs> I do. Don't I think me. it might be fun. Don't tell me. This Let's system. torture him a little bit. What was the system, Luke? Well, I mean, you know, I've got I've got a ten, a seven, a three, and and now a ten months. So at the time, you know, they were, we had still two big ones that could run up and down to the basement and get the extra toilet paper. It, it was it was awful, but we had we had it going. You had like a Charmin brigade. That's great. And the kids got to feel like they were a part of things. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> they definitely felt a part of it. Is that the little one in the background there? Yeah, that's that's Joshua, the 10 months. 10 months old. Oh, that's so exciting. And how old are the other ones now again? Uh, 10, 7, 3, and uh, 10 months. 10, 7, 3, and 10 months. Yes, sir. Wow, you got a, you got a household there. That's great. Yeah. That's great. My wife's a planner. You know, uh, no child was born within three years of each other. Nobody's birthday conflicts with any other birthdays or major holidays. She, she did a good job. She's wow. A, she's a pretty amazing woman. And the last two, all natural. Just saying. The last two were natural childbirths? She didn't, she didn't use anything? No epidural? No, nothing. Just the wow. midwife and, and blood, sweat, and tears. You better be she nice to her. She had them at home, and she had the kids running back and forth for hot water. You better I'm be nice to her. Family. She could strangle you in your sleep if she wanted to. I love her, but you know. I love her, but I fear her. Is yeah. she on the phone? Is she on the Is phone with you? Oh, she's right here. She's always next to me. That's my, that's my, I mean, when I'm, oh. not, when I'm not deployed, we're inseparable. Oh, you're a soldier. Yes, sir. That's Thank fan- you so much for yeah, serving. I'm glad, glad you're home you for home. Christmas. We're doing a special salute for the USO tomorrow on the show.
Yeah, I'm, unfortunately, I'm down in Georgia at uh, Fort Benning, so I, I won't be able to make that. Well, God bless. We were just down there not long ago. It's a great, great base. Have a wonderful time with your family, Luke. Thank you, sir. All righty. Bye-bye. It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast, called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. In the current Oddcast, we talked to Sean Kipe about his true crime podcast, In the Red Clay, and a 50-year-old murder that's been solved. Or has it? The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Elon Martinez here at Camp Mumphreys. Uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to my family back home, Dallas, Texas, and my family, friends. Miss you guys. Thank you guys for the packages and letters. Love you all. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. So, in Home Alone, Joe Pesci, and I forget, who's the other guy? Daniel, Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern that played uh, the bad guys who were, you know, after the little boy. What were they known as? The Wet Bandits. The Wet Bandits. Right. So this is a guy, a masked man, who broke into a New Jersey home a couple of days ago and took several items from a bedroom drawer, including the women's underwear. Uh, He was identified by police thanks to a hidden bedroom surveillance camera. Kyle Jones, who was 24 years old of Gloucester County, New Jersey, was charged with burglary, trespassing, and theft in connection with the incident. He was first caught on a doorbell camera with his face covered by a mask. But once he got inside, he said, hey, (laughs) I'm inside. And he took the mask off and went into the woman's uh, bedroom, started going through her things, went through her underwear drawer, and stole her underwear. He has been arrested, and he will forever be known as... The panty thief. <laughs> you know, I feel, I don't understand these dudes. Um, and I feel sorry for them. I don't, I don't know what you wires don't understand the crossed. Kink. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, because it's not just that they want women's underwear. Because Amazon Prime, like I could say, I could open my front door and yell, women's underwear. And an Amazon Prime truck will be here in 20 minutes with a package. Okay. <laughs> That's right. So... It's not like you can't get your hands on some ladies' undergarments, but that's not what they want. They're, all of this is part of the thrill. The fact that they're stealing it, the fact that it's covert, the fact that it belongs to a specific woman, the fact that it's been worn, all of that. It's, yeah. it's not enough to just say to one of these guys, listen, Scott, um, you know, I don't know where, where we get our fetishes. I, I'm not here to judge you. I have a six pack of Hanes um, bikini briefs for you, and I just want you to nope, don't thank me, just enjoy. But he doesn't. No, that's want not those. the thrill. Evidently, he want those. I mean, I'm I'm just guessing. It's it's that he knows that an actual woman, those were hers. That's that's got to be the thrill. And I don't know if this guy, you know, is a neighbor or something. Doesn't sound that way, but it, you know, he may know who the woman was, and the, I guess that's the kink. That's There's the a steal part stealing, I think, is part of it. Breaking and in and stealing. Yeah, it is. Because anytime yeah. you get these panty bandit stories, mm-hmm. they all have like a sameness to them. Here comes my man and he breaks into the house. Now, this one has the fun plot twist of taking his mask off because he hasn't heard about 
security cameras on the inside, okay? Right. So this one has that plot twist, but all the stories sound like this. A man broke into a home, went through the bedroom, and stole all of the homeowner's underwear. You know, this is mm-hmm. how they, the Golden State Killer got started. He went in. Yeah. He would do that in homes and get the underwear and that sort of thing. And then he escalated it up one more. And then he escalated it up finally to murder. Oh, is that right? Yep. Because he was known yeah. as the, the the ransacker, the Vesalia. Vis, uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but, but Vesalia, yeah, yeah Vesalia ransacker. So he would go in and ransack homes and steal underwear and that sort of thing. And then he started engaging people and finally killing them. You know, and speaking not all, of we, criminals, we have to say though, we have to say because yeah. there are statistically speaking, there are a handful of men listening right now who are like, oh man, oh geez, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I just want some panties. Not everyone who does that will turn violent. No. Right. Right. Oh, you're covering the pervert community. That's usually my uh, area. (laughs) I know, but you know, I'm a social worker and I care about people and not every, I feel, you know, like it concerns me. I don't know where you got your fetish from, but the minute it dials up to the point of breaking and entering, you have got to get some help so that you don't end up one being talked about by us or two with a police record. Come on. So, so that's an, that's an idiot uh, criminal. Uh, the Justice Department's office just released uh, several days ago a report about the uh, killing of Whitey Bulger four years ago in prison. Do you remember that, that he was captured? He was, if you saw the movie The Departed with Jack Nicholson, mm, it was based I saw this loosely. About a week yeah. ago, yeah, yeah. It was based loosely on Whitey Bulger, who uh, ran the, the mob in Boston, the Irish mob in Boston. And he also, in, in order to get away with it, was an informer for the FBI. So he would turn, he would turn other bad guys in and they would leave him alone. So he is transferred from one prison to another. He arrives at the second prison and he's dead 12 hours later. They knew he was coming. And he asked actually to be in the general population. So two guys, after this report that you read was released, 12 hours after he got there, they killed him. And why did they kill him? Because he was a snitch to the FBI. Snitches get stitches. And now those two guys, I guess they were in there, of course, probably for 20 years or life or whatever. Um, They heard the rumors of his arrival and they thought... You know what? They Nothing know. good's going to happen, but I'm going to get them. They know they're never getting out. It's Bob and Sherry. Hi, my name is Commander Brendan Gatoka, stationed in Bahrain with CTF Central from Ellicott City, Maryland. I want to say hi to my son, William and Henry, who are playing with Mike's on Ice, and to my lovely wife, Emily. Go Cavs! Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. I was on a website called History A to Z, and they did a thing about the women of the Seinfeld series, the girlfriends of Jerry's, who came and went, of course, because he would always do something to screw the relationship up. And of course, Elaine was his girlfriend for a while. They broke up. They decided to become friends. But then they decided to maybe sort of casually be together. And this website notes that that was the first time in television history in a sitcom where there was an example of friends with benefits. Hmm. And it didn't, it did not work out. If you've seen that, that episode, it did not work out. 
long term. But that was the first time. A lot of the women, um, like Amanda Peet, went on to you know really big careers. She was a she was a girlfriend of his in in Seinfeld. A lot of them, you know, you never heard of them again. Uh, who was the one from Sex and the City? The the brunette. What's her name? I can never remember. Her Kristen name. Davis. Yeah, she was one of the girlfriends too. And I'm I'm going down the line. There was a girlfriend uh, that Jerry had on the show, Patty, and it was played by Lori Laughlin. I don't remember. I, I remember Lori. that. Yeah, I don't. I it didn't was, watch Seinfeld enough, so I yeah. only catch it here and there on reruns. But I don't remember ever seeing her on. Wow. She I was did. in one of the most. It was one of the most famous episodes, the Serenity Now episode, mm-hmm. where, where oh. everybody's venting and belting out, uh, you know, anger issues, and and she tries to get Jerry to express his anger. He does, and that's the end. And uh, I mean, she's beautiful. She's beautiful now, despite you know everything she went through. It, has she has she recovered in some way? Is Hallmark bringing her back into their fold? What if what if I think she's shooting career? something? I saw something in my newsfeed. I think she's shooting, working on something right now. I think she's going to be fine. I do. Yeah, I think she is too. I didn't for a while there, but I think that she is too. I think that whole thing has dimmed. I think people are already going, wait a minute, what was she in trouble for? I think that's already happening. And she paid her debt. She did. She, she went did. to prison. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we say that, you know, it's easy to, to, to say that and then not really back it up, but she did pay her debt and, you know, learned her lesson, I guess. You don't hear about her um, daughter very much, the influencer, do you? I wonder, did she ever go back to college? Did she? I don't think no, so. No, she did not go I back to college. I don't, I don't think, I don't see her going back at all. Well, I mean, she came out and said that she, you know, it was okay. The classes are going to kind of get in her way sometime with her um, documenting her, her life. But what the hell? She wants the experience of going to college. The sad thing here was, and according to her, her name is Olivia Jade. According to her, she never wanted to go to college. And so what her parents did to get her into um, USC, mm-hmm. and then they ultimately had their lives and reputations destroyed and both went to prison. Mm-hmm. She didn't even want to go. It was such a useless effort. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. You know, if you have a kid that is just not drawn to it, there are a million other things they can do. And this this yeah. this young lady had found one of them already, you know, uh, uh, pushing whatever as a, an influencer. So why push them to to uh, go to school, take up somebody else's space when they, ju- they just don't want to learn? That's what I mean. That was the to me. That was the senselessness of it all. Like it was so important to her parents that she go. And I, you know, you see that a lot in families. Like sure. it's so important to us as parents that our kids have certain opportunities, and then the kid is yeah. like, pass right, which right. is the case there. But can you imagine? She, she never wanted it, and I'm not in any way defending her behavior either. Don't get me wrong. But she never wanted it. Y'all went through all of that, and then you ended up going to prison. Yeah, for what for what reason? So you can say to the world around you, "My kids at uh, USC or wherever the school may be." Yeah, it's ridiculous. I I hope that somewhere along the way in in this country we find a way to um, open education that is not traditional college education, but teaches people 
how to become electricians and then how to own their own business as electricians so they know how to handle the business side of it. Because you you can't find plumbers, you can't find electricians. I mean, it's it's, it's a sad. place where you can have a very good life, you know. And yeah. then they took, you know, Olivia Jade took a spot at USC that a kid who right. desperately wanted to go didn't right. get. It's just a hot mess. Exactly. Mess. Yeah, exactly. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.